You're not paranoid. I don't want to make you spit your tea out. Yeah. That way we're. I hope it got my annoying tea slur, but that was like. Probably. Hairball. But for real, let's see your. Let's hear your best. So would you still be podcasting with me if I laughed like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not. Let's hear your laugh. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> Ooh, that's close to my real one, which I've slowly developed. <laughs> that's actually making me laugh for real is like the breathless laugh. <laughs> Oh man! See, this is way more fun to just make ourselves laugh. <sighs> we like to laugh and cry. First, we're gonna laugh, then we're gonna cry. <laughs> In that order. In that order. One, two, three. Hello. Hey. And welcome to your not paranoid <laughs> the podcast with me, Katie, and Kylie. That's me. <laughs> We are giggly and happy to be here. Yeah, hopefully some of that makes it in. Hopefully you are <laughs> feeling semi-giggly because the rest of this episode is not going to be quite as giggly. No. But we're just trying to get out the giggles now. Like, <laughs> laugh it out, y'all. I don't even know if that one will come up on the microphone. No, laugh it out. The <laughs> that just sounds awful. Sounds like you're sounds breathless. Like asthma. Oh, no, that's not good. It's okay. I used toots. I can say it. You tooted? <laughs> you say, it's toots. I said I used to. Is that like, like instead of it's the S-H-I-T, it's like, it's the toots. <laughs> no, but I'll start saying that. It's mm-hmm. the toots. the toots. Oh, that's the toots, man. It's the toots, man. Well, this episode. Number five. Nope. Number four. Sign. Steve. <laughs> Wait, no, you're right. Number five. I'm yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. See, See, I, Kylie, have gotten all the episodes mixed up because guess what? We're not live right now. I mean, we're live for us. Like, we're alive talking about it, but we're, we're not. Alive. I messed up is what I'm just trying to say. So, episode. Episode five. This is episode five. Yes. But we want to talk about episode four. Real quick. For a second. So, we realized something. <laughs> we were talking about all of the conspiracy theories about who done it who done the the tylenol Tylenol murders like the main part of it not the copycats but the actual suspect because it was that they were never found yeah but there we missed like an important person (laughs) who seemed vip kind of seems like the uh most likely but it's kind of weird that they didn't well they questioned him for a while but weren't they they kind of like blew it off like oh well this must not be him well, because he worked for one of the distribution, like the processing facilities. So, I don't so think he they had the most access. Mm-hmm. So what was his name again? Roger Arnold. Like Arnold Palmer? Or hey, like- Arnold. Oh. I bet that's what Arnold. the police officer said. Get to the chopper. No. Roger Dunn? No. Roger <laughs> Arnold. Oh, snaps. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> I thought that was a quote from something. Well, so it was the quote from the oh, web page, you know, in the little square. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, snap. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Katie made like a, a sour slash getting punched in the eye face. Yes. So Roger Arnold mm-hmm. worked at a facility, something that uh, <clears throat> the Tylenol boxes went through. Oh, so he had direct access to the Yes, terminal. and apparently had bought cyanide and a one-way ticket to Thailand. Oh, well, I mean, I do that sometimes. I mean, why not? Why not? Cyanide and one-way ticket to Thailand. That's not suspicious. Nope. But apparently, Dude's got to live. Apparently, they interviewed him. Nothing came of it. Then he got paranoid <laughs> and apparently shot and killed someone at a bar because oh, no. he thought they ratted him out to the police. Okay, but... Did he get in trouble for that? Yes. Oh, that's good. He went to jail but then for you 30 would... years, and then he died in 2008. Okay, well, that's good. Maybe they secretly thought he did it. Because I feel like if you shoot someone for ratting you out, but you're like, I'm getting ratted out for something I didn't do, but I'm still going to shoot you. That's yeah. not That's not how that works. Yeah. So we forgot to talk about that guy. But he was probably the main... He could be the dude. He could be... More likely than Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. He could be, what's his name again? Um, not Ted Kaczynski. The dude. Lebowski? The big Lebowski? The big Lebowski. Jerry Lebowski. No. I forgot his John, name. John. The dude. Not I John. I don't remember his name. We'll have to. Oh, we'll just cut that out. We forgot it. Oh, it's it's Jeff Lebowski. Duh. Duh. Anyways. Or Jeffrey, if you want to be proper. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's what we were covering from last episode. And the last episode. Hold up. Hey. And then this episode. Number. Cinco. Five. There you go. Five fingers on this hand. Um, yeah, was about. Is about. Is about. <laughs> <laughs> this is about blind dates. I think we mentioned that. I can't remember for sure. Online dating. Well, yeah. Well, but not like knowing the, first, the person yeah. prior to dating or going Seeing on a them, date. Yeah, in person. Or maybe multiple dates. Yeah. You just, you don't know who you're, you don't know who you don't know. They might, you might think you know them. Mm-hmm. But as Katie's face says, you don't sometimes. That's what my face is saying. Yeah, it's very clear. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this um, this episode is a little bit dark. So yeah. we're so just giving you a heads up that warning. if you're in a happy mood, we're sorry. So no, what you can do is you can listen to this episode and feel really bummed out at the end and then just listen to the beginning part of this episode. Again. And again, and that's how you should end it. Yes. So with some laughing. Because we're trying to pretend fake laugh. Yeah. And make sure everything's okay. Yeah. But yeah, so, so here we go. Here we go. I'll go first. <laughs> okay, I'm you go first. first. Yes. Okay, I'll go first. All right. Setting. Summer of 2018. Okay, that was like very recently. <laughs> <laughs> New York City. Okay. Greatest city in the world. The Big uh, Apple. The Big Apple. City so nice, they named it twice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What happened... To start this off was a woman, a twi- uh, 
29-year-old woman, Samantha Stewart, a registered nurse Mm -hmm. in Queens. Her body was found uh, by her brother. Oh, no. She was not alive. I would think so when you word it like that. (laughs) That's not good. Nervous laughing. I'm not laughing because... Okay. Also, a few weeks before that, there or the NYPD was also investigating a rape case. Okay. Uh, they, I think because it's so recent, they didn't really specify how they concluded that these two cases were related, mm-hmm. but they somehow figured it out. Yeah, because I can um, imagine there's a lot going on in New York considering how many people there are. Yes. Yeah. So they somehow figured out that, or well, they had a person of interest in mind and it was... Daniel Drayton. Okay. He, I don't know how old he is, but I think he was similar in age. And she's, sorry, I forgot. How old is she again? She was 29. 29. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So they don't really say how they connected him, but they assume that this was all through online dating. He was contacting women and pretending oh well, i guess being in relationships with them in air quotes oh like having um, an online like talking for a long time and therefore it's like an online relationship yeah and then we'd be like let's meet in the hopes of attacking them again well they is, didn't know that well they didn't know but he like that was the point of contacting these women and how do, does it say like how long they were kind of like invested in this relationship no, the um, I think they got a lot of info from the ex-girlfriend who made it kind of out mm-hmm. alive. Oh, my gosh. Because um, she had scary run-ins with him. Mm-hmm. He, it started the same way where they were talking online. And I think he might be some sort of sociopath mm-hmm. or something like that. I'm not a psychologist, so I can't say. Yeah. But he was very good at manipulating these women Mm -hmm. and coming off as like a genuinely nice guy and that's what the ex-girlfriend said was that it's very scary because even starting out he was very nice and kind and very um like respectful well yeah because you're on it's well but then their relationship became like a in-person like a real like relationship Got it. and so she said even then she wasn't really looking for like a committed relationship and he was like that's fine I just want to be your friend and like Ooh. anything that she said she wanted he'd be like oh yeah me too and be very like kind and go that's along called obsessive. with it <laughs> yeah it's kind of weird and then at some point they're like okay well I guess we can be boyfriend and girlfriend like this was a very long time okay uh, the long con and then that's when she said he started kind of getting very possessive and weird. And then she's like, yeah, okay, so I'm done. Like, we're, I'm not going to deal with you. And then he would be, like, outside her apartment and all this stuff. Somehow he got in. The last... Um, what? Yeah. The last kind of, I think, encounter she had with him, he somehow got into her apartment or was in her apartment and then it escalated. And he said, like... I'm going to kill you and started strangling her or trying to. This is after they've already broke up? Uh, I think when she was kind of trying to get her distance from him. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow she made it out alive. And so I think she provided a lot of info in terms of how he worked 
or yeah like, like his know, like like how he like what's his game yeah so there was like an article that had um an interview with her that's where i got that part so i don't know if i'm assuming they talked to her afterwards mm-hmm. so that's kind of the backstory of how he operates and so then they connect him to this murder and a rape in new york but now he's in california um Hmm. And this is all in a span of like a few weeks in terms of these cases being brought up in the NYPD. And then the first article I read. Oh, wow. So this was like mid to early July. And the article that was written was like July 30th. So it was like after he was already. Yeah. Basically. So he was actually in California doing the same thing. They don't know. Um, so that he was arrested um, in California in Los Angeles. Mm hmm. Apparently, he had a woman he was holding against his will or her will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let me see. I don't know if she escaped. Yeah. So I don't know if they were like looking for him. And then like the the LAPD found him. Mm-hmm. And then there was also a girl. Because like in his de- apartment. Yeah. Is so. it still like developing and all the facts are still coming out? Yeah. Right? So it's not like I concluded. Yeah. So I don't know. Or if the girl escaped and called the police and then they realized who it was yeah so i'm not sure about that that timeline specifically mm-hmm. but he was arrested and he had um another 28 year old woman in his la apartment who claimed to be uh being held there against his will her why do i keep saying his will <laughs> her will after yeah. i think like refusing to go out on another date with him yikes or something so that was that and then so of course it's not like great news because before that before all this oh dear so before he's holding two women against their will yes and also all the other things in new york yes this is all the other stuff yeah so so in june of that year he had been arrested for choking his ex-girlfriend i think that might be the case of the ex-girlfriend i was talking about the interviewed one so he was arrested for that Mm -hmm. released without bail on july 5th without bail Yep. Hmm. And then, of course, the the judge and all that stuff involved with that were like, we did everything like, like to the law, whatever. Or yeah, um, the minimum plus. Yeah, the did. charges were aggravated harassment and strangulation in the second degree. Second degree? How does that work? I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> how is that not first degree if it's your hands? I, I guess know. we'll Maybe have to, if you know, please tell us because yeah, this is upsetting. So... He was released for that without bail, um, I guess, while awaiting that trial. Um, also, he had prior uh, arrest record in Connecticut in between 2011 and February of 2018. So just a few months before even that, he was arrested and found guilty on a number of different charges, also including strangu- strangulation. Okay, so that's like his MO. Yeah, so that all happened before the other, the rape and the the murder in new york Mm. and then well sorry strangulation as in they're still alive yes i would assume because he would yeah really bizarre so yeah so that all happened before this sorry i'm glad they're alive but it's just bizarre (laughs) yeah Yeah. that he just wants to strangle them i wonder like progression or something or like during something yeah i don't know like intimacy or something Mm -hmm. like that yeah yeah it's not okay (laughs) yeah so um or if you're into that, talk about it beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> that, Consent. But yeah, that's... <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, 
So the L.A. charges were um, attempted murder, forcible rape, false imprisonment by violence, and sexual penetration by a foreign object. Ooh. He faces a maximum sentence of more than 23 years to life in prison uh, if found guilty. So now in L.A., his bail is at $1.25 That's more like it. And so he's going to, I'm assuming he's being charged, or he's going to go through trial in L.A. first. And then New York wants to extradite him and charge him with the murder and the rape for the other cases. Yeah. So I don't know how that works, but I'm assuming he's going to jail for a long time. While in custody in L.A., he claimed, oh, yeah, by the way, I've also killed seven women, not what? just one. I don't know. I think that's I, th- I mean, I don't I don't know the true definitions between the two, but that sounds more like a psychopath. Yeah. And I think he might have realized that the jig was up and was trying to set that foundation of being crazy because Uh, then he was telling um his lawyers and stuff that uh the voices in his head told him to kill these women how convenient and that it was mind control and all this stuff but um and the judge ruled that he was mentally competent to stand trial they the police assumed that he met all these women through online dating sites Okay, so that whole thing about hearing voices in your head and being mm. crazy, but yet somehow he's still able to understand that he's manipulating these women online That's what I'm saying. to get them mm-hmm. to meet him, that doesn't work like and that. And then just how like gentlemanly and charming the ex-girlfriend said he was in the yeah. beginning of their relationship, it's like, hmm. You know what you're doing. Yeah, so, but I'm glad that the, they found him mentally competent. Oh, did they? Yeah. So that's the last thing I could find on the case was that the they were having a whatever preliminary trial to see if he was able to stand trial. Right. And they said that he was good because obviously he knew what he was doing. Yeah. That was kind of my major story. But yeah, sorry. I just want to talk about this for a second because I feel like anyone can sound however they want to sound to somebody online. Mm -hmm. Like I've even... There's like that meme, and this is obviously not <laughs> comparable in terms of, it's more of like a, a relatable thing. You know, the memes where it shows the girl texting and she's like, LOL, I'm dying. And her face is yeah. <laughs> totally stone cold, mm-hmm. like not laughing. Yeah. That's what I'm picturing. Like, mm-hmm. you can say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that's the truth. I mean, that seems so obvious, but yeah. people still, they want to believe in it. Yeah. And of course, if, some, if you want to take someone for their word, mm-hmm. and then to think that in person, he kept up the act. Yeah. Until all of a sudden it escalated to... Yeah, that's... Strangling. 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 Strangulation. That's kind of a weird... Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that's the tricky part of online dating is exactly what you said. That you can pretend to be anyone you want. And that's not even talking about catfishing. That's just being who you are, but not you're, you know, concealing Mm -hmm. the fact that you're not a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So that was my specific story I have. And it's okay. recent. Um, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty crazy. Yeah, scary. Um let's see. I have little like quick antic antidotes. Mm-hmm. Anticdotes. Oh, stories. <laughs> I'm not one to ask. I'm not good at that. Sure. Um so let's see. One of like match.com kind of gets a lot of crap. Um Apparently, oh, and then also, FYI, most of these websites for dating mm-hmm. uh, do not run background checks on anyone. And when you sign up, apparently they make you agree to those terms, like saying you acknowledge that 
you could be meaning anyone. Yeah, well, so, it's kind of not their fault. Yeah, but still. I get what you mean. But like, yeah, they don't they don't run background checks for a lot of things. Yeah, I feel like they're not gonna. They're just basically providing the means for people to meet mm-hmm. other people. Yeah, but still, it's kind of scary. Yeah, no, no. So, I it'd be nice if that was yeah done. Especially, well, yeah, I'll get to that part. Um, so in the UK, um, Match.com was implicated in the case of a serial rapist, Jason Lawrence. Uh, in 2016, he was uh, convicted of raping and or assaulting seven women he met on that website. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had contacted thousands of women. Oh, dear. So apparently, well, I guess what got Match.com in trouble was apparently women were flagging him on the site. I guess you can do that, like report inappropriate behavior or like people who are creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is good. that They should have that. Yeah, but there's not anything to connect those reports to the police or anything like that so those complaints just kind of went nowhere and then he was able to continue continue his crimes yikes well you would think that match.com then either like disables his account or find you know ask did they follow up with them or anything yeah they claim that they delete accounts like that but that's what the judge in that case said was that there should be some sort of way to refer to the police when people are flagging yeah or they're like different levels mm-hmm. of flagging like i think different websites have that where it's like is this person being an appropriate like language or mm-hmm. showing you inappropriate pictures yeah. or whatever it is and if it's like acting like a murderer maybe you click that <laughs> button and then it <laughs> reports nice. it to the police <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like the most severe one yeah and then if anyone clicks that then it gets sent to the police like too sketchy to continue to mm-hmm. talk to yeah call the police yeah but that was the i think what the judge was just meaning in terms of like there's so much technology that there has to be some sort of way to make yeah like people like that yeah um somehow more visible to the police yes because it's true they i feel like although it's been a like technology and aim and like that's where it kind of started and then going from there to today with match all the dating websites which when we were kids like what that would never like what a crazy concept but now it's the norm Mm -hmm. that even though it's so popular i feel like the it seems like i could be wrong law enforcement isn't yet like yeah publicly visible on the internet Mm -hmm. to be looking at people like i feel like people who are criminals online seem like they are invisible Mm -hmm. to law enforcement because who who's patrolling exactly there is no you know what I mean? Yeah. There should be like an online law enforcement group just I like mean, scanning. Yeah, there are. Um, I have that written down somewhere. I think in my stats, but we can talk about it later. But yeah, there is oh, no cool. specific dating site crime. Crime fighter. Crime fighting. But then I guess you would get, I can just picture people um, like on the opposite end being like, you can't control what people do on the internet. and No, but they should that. be able to scan. I mean, well... I was just going to say, too, I do know that I think sometimes there are profiles maybe made under cover. I could be. Oh, like that are, So they are. Mm. Well, because, yeah, you don't want to necessarily be visible. Mm-hmm. So I think that I, I take back what I said. I think they are <laughs> doing that. And mm-hmm. then they kind of like, like probe them. Um, like put it kind of like when um, they'd have a, a girl online messaging. Yeah. Like catch a predator. Yes. But online. That's the, yes. Mm-hmm. I think they do do that. 
is just probably not as visible to the public so mm-hmm. that they can't get caught. So I take yeah. back what I said. <laughs> I think they're doing that. And that's probably just... a lot more with like sex trafficking and yeah. stuff like that. And sh- like younger, mm-hmm. like kids and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, but it's true. I think there at least should be something to, like you were, like you were saying, for the other side of that. If it seems, if the person seems creepy or you're getting a weird vibe. I mean, that's kind of sad too because you're prejudiced and it's like weirdos <laughs> maybe they're just well, socially awkward versus i guess it's what they're saying to you right yeah and then that's what um people are saying is so it seems because there's a lot of the and not to freak everyone out but there are a lot of stories of stuff like this happening mm-hmm. and the general response from these dating sites is well um it's like our website is no different than society and basically it's on it's up to you to make like smart decisions and Hmm. stuff like that i don't know if she is the current ceo but at the time Mm -hmm. um in 2013 mandy ginsburg the match.com ceo was quoted as saying match.com is no different than society if you go out to a bar and meet someone that you don't know you should be careful so it's basically if you meet someone online you should be careful it's not our fault Hmm. if they kill you or rape you or stalk you which but then people's response is that it's not really the same as society because the big factor here is people are paying you to Uh, be on that site yeah so the response to that is if i'm paying to be on your site then you should be providing me with safety to some degree that's the kind of like the opposite end of it because they make um like $3 billion in the U.S. alone annually. Oh, wow. That's a lot of money. So. People want to meet their match. Yeah. So you would think that out of that $3 billion, you could allot some of it to background Or checks. create a button to report a murderer. Yeah. Like potential s- murderer mm-hmm. creeper. Yeah. Or even have like a division like you were saying that kind of they make those fake profiles and try to like catch bad guys that way. I mean, maybe they are in weird. We just don't, we don't know. know, which is good. Yeah. But I just, I suppose it would be nice if there was more opportunity for people who are victims mm-hmm. to then report it directly yeah. and something be done. Yeah. Or at least an investigation or something like that. Yeah, because uh, there's another article I was reading that basically most of these sites, the the maximum that they do is have some sort of um, like how to be safe um, link that's buried way deep into their website. Mm. And that's basically all they provide in terms of well, safety. It was like, how to be safe. I mean, if nothing else, that should, I would think that that would be one of the first things mm-hmm. that's available because it is, you know, prevalent. Yeah. So, but people don't like to talk about it. And that's no, the part yeah. that's why it keeps, ha- I feel like and that's that, why yeah. it keeps happening is no one talks about it. And I think that's what a lot of the articles were kind of getting at was that the online dating is so much more popular and prevalent these days but it kind of seems like the like reporting of crimes or being safe or somehow making it safer is not catch is not going along with that like the trend of the trend yeah um kind of like awareness Mm -hmm. yeah and then not only crime like in terms of like sexual assaults and that kind of crime Mm -hmm. there's also i don't know if i wrote it down but i think um, in terms of like financial scamming, that's really big for dating sites too. Mm-hmm. That's like in the millions of dollars every oh, wow. year that people get scammed out of. Yikes. And then I guess uh, on Grinder, 
there it, there was geolocation and then i guess in russia who's not as um gay friendly mm-hmm. people in Ru- like people in russia would use those geolocations and then go and find those like gay men and um, attack them and stuff that's awful so so yeah i guess it's like that that's what i was thinking too is that you need to find that middle area of you know not violating privacy but also keeping the online public community safe yeah but yeah geotagging that seems i think they took it off after that but yeah just i mean you can opt in or opt out Mm -hmm. but why would you yeah why would you think that that's going to happen to you yeah yikes that's kind of on that note (laughs) those are the little stories i have okay you want to do the stats after um if you want okay all right so um this is going to be a story about a woman who got set up on a blind date and most news outlets didn't cover the details leading Mm -hmm. up to this night um which are like in my opinion all the circumstances where the night could have changed Hmm. in some way and it kind of gives me the chills to talk about it and that's why I want to like bring these things up and it's the story is basically a combination of the worst possible situations that then led to her murder Hmm. and I think they're important to share because there's a lot of moving parts and I think that they're all very key and relatable okay can I ask a question of course even before you start oh no so this is a setup um like mutual friends so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna okay okay. that's part of the story yeah so exactly so that's what I'm saying like the news outlets kind of cover the the end part that I'm going to talk about mm-hmm. because it's more of like the shocking aspect, but still the concept of going out on a blind date mm-hmm. set up by someone that you trust, you you know. Yeah, that's and, it's no, and that's the thing, like, you can't blame no. her, you can't blame her friends, you can't blame, it just, it really is the worst possible combination of circumstances. Mm-hmm. That makes me want to cry. <laughs> I know. But it's so like sad. really, it's just really awful. Um. But it's good to be aware of it because it can it can happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, unfortunately for uh, Elsa, that was the name of the girl who got murdered. Um, it didn't work out for her. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go down under to Ooh, Australia. Oh, good eye, mate. <laughs> Please don't hate us for doing that. But I the rest help. of the episode. I, I literally wrote that down. The hey up. Oh, I can't. I'm not even sure. Good eye, mate. <laughs> good eye, mate. Going down under. Let's throw a shrimp on the barbie. Let's only talk in Australian accent. This whole story be an Australian accent. Oh, uh, mate. Oh, mate. Put on your sunnies. This is going to be a doozy. It's rough as. I don't even know if that's the right thing to say. But anyways, okay. So let's get, <laughs> let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. January 30th, 2010. 28-year-old David Patrick Clifford meets up with a couple of friends. Well, he meets up with friends who are a couple. Uh, during the evening the girlfriend of that couple has a phone call from her friend from work and who's a fellow hairdresser and her name is Elsa Corp Um, they chat about meeting the next evening to get together at the Ocean Blue Bar in Melbourne I'm gonna call it Melbourne because I know it's Melbourne but Australians get upset because they Mm -hmm. call it Melbourne so I'm gonna call it Melbourne Mm -hmm. but I understand it's spelled more Melbourne like Jason they don't say ours they don't say ours but for them I'm gonna call it Melbourne so that night, uh, while he, her, David's friend, the girlfriend, was on the phone with Elsa, he also talks to her, and he's like, oh, you know, I want to know more about her, and um, he suggests that they all meet up at the ocean, you know, meet up the next day, like mm-hmm. the two were already planning on, kind of mm-hmm. like a double date. So the next day, that girlfriend gives David 
Elsa's phone number so that the two can meet up. So David texts Elsa and they set up a blind date to meet up that night at the Ocean Blue Bar at 10 p.m. So the same one that they were at earlier? No, okay. they were not there. This is where I'm going to tell you this might get a little confusing, but I'm going to do my best. Okay. It was basically the two girls were going to meet up uh, and he's uh, like, uh. oh, um, let's meet up there. Okay. Okay. So um, Elsa then gets to the, we're now to the next day. Elsa meets up. Uh, with some other friends at 7.30 that evening. So remember, the date is up for 10. So she gets to the bar earlier at 7.30 to meet up with a set of friends who are not the original couple. And um, I imagine that during that evening with those friends, she was sharing that she was nervous about the date or something like that. Who, you know, who isn't mm-hmm. about a blind date? Yeah. Because at some point, the girlfriend of the couple she met up with shares a pill with her. Oh, no. So maybe to like relax or something like that. So at some point, those friends leave, and Elsa's at the bar alone, and she calls a friend, who's now we're going to call friend number three. Okay. And she tells her, she's like, hey, I'm like, I'm nervous. I took a pill. I'm not feeling well. Mm-mm. Being a good friend and knowing, you know, tells her she's going to go on a date soon. She's like, you know what? Call me back in 20 minutes. Let me know you're okay. Nice. Yeah, she's good, you know. Um, so more time goes by. Remember, she got there at 730 that mm-hmm. night, and the date's not told 10. That's a really late date, by the I way. I know. That is a really late <laughs> date. <laughs> But maybe, you know, she's, well, so yeah, she's just, just for she's drinks, like, maybe. Me, I don't know where she's from, so maybe she didn't want to hit traffic. She's like, I'm going to meet up with some other friends. Let's just stay at the bar. Um, so while she's waiting, she meets um, she meets another man at the bar. Oh. Who's also single. Um, and they hit it off, but reluctantly, Elsa tells him, you know, actually, I'm already waiting for a blind date. Um, but she likes him, and she gives him her number. And she tells the guy, maybe call me later. Assuming Ayo. like, what if the blind date doesn't go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if the blind date doesn't go well? You got to keep your thing. options open. Yeah. I mean, more power to you. I haven't met this guy yet. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, so while they're actually still talking, her blind date calls her. He arrives. That's David. So David gets there around 10 in his mother's car, which I put in parentheses, lame. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you know, everyone's circumstances are different, whatever. So he picks her up. Um... And about 30 minutes into the date, Elsa calls her hairdresser friend, the girl that had set them up, mm-hmm. that David was having dinner with the first time that yeah. learned about her. Um, she tells her friend that David is going to take her out to Motel Nightclub. Don't know what that is, but hmm. apparently it's a nightclub in Australia. And she tells her that they should all meet up for a double date, kind of like how they originally mm-hmm. were talking about. The friend says, maybe, but unlikely. It's, I mean... It's already like 1030 at this point. So mm-hmm. personally, I don't want to like decide to go out on a double date to a mo- like a nightclub at mm-hmm. 1030. But that's just me. Maybe I'm lame. But anyways, parentheses lame. Parentheses lame. <laughs> 10 minutes later, 1043 p.m. Elsa then calls that friend who she had called earlier saying that she didn't feel well. Mm-hmm. And she says that she's she's OK. Um, oh, no, no, no. Sorry. So. She calls the friend that she had shared the pill with Mm. at the bar. Mm -hmm. And um, that friend who she had dinner with is at Motel Nightclub. Okay. And I'm thinking that maybe they had discussed going to Motel Nightclub. And Mm -hmm. so that's why David's then going to take her Mm -hmm. there. And Elsa asks where where the Motel Nightclub is um, because they plan on meeting up with her and her boyfriend there. Again, maybe they discussed it during dinner. Mm-hmm. We don't really know. But 
the thing is, he doesn't take her there. Oh, no. Um, instead, David takes her to the City Park Hotel on Kingsway in South Melbourne. And the CCT, well, <laughs> the CCTV footage shows them parking and walking into the lobby, acting normal, not looking drunk or drugged out, which will be important later on. They get the room key from the receptionist. They head upstairs and... Elsa calls her hairdresser friend again, the one who had originally said unlikely that we're going to come out. Mm-hmm. But this time it's about 11.17. And she's like, oh, you know, come to the hotel. We're not at the nightclub, but, you know, let's let's have a little double date. Like kind of I would feel more comfortable if you were here kind of thing. Like you set me up with this guy. Mm-hmm. Come out with me. Her friend says, OK, possibly. And also asks her to bring alcohol and super glue. Super glue? Yeah. Super glue. Why you ask? David had removed the smoke detector, and he needed to fix it. Mm. Not suspicious at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Because, I mean, every time I go out, I bring out alcohol and superglue. Yeah. But anyways. 11.34 p.m. So now Elsa's still in the hotel room with David. She call- This is where she actually calls that friend back um, who told her to call me back in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. She did not call her back in 20 minutes. I think maybe she forgot. So she calls her and she says, you know, I'm fine. But when asked, Elsa shares that she had taken some strong ice. I had to Google that. Um, <laughs> ice is meth. Oh. So um, maybe, I mean, but it was because she was asked. So maybe her friend had like a gut feeling mm-hmm. or maybe she could tell she seemed like a little off. So the two on the phone decide like, okay, let's meet up the next day. Maybe like go for the blind date or make sure she's still okay because, you know, leading up to that, she wasn't feeling well and... Mm-hmm. Now, so now she's she saying she feels some strong and, and now meth. she's taking some strong meth so and alcohol and alcohol yeah so she's like you know what girl let's meet up the next day so 11 51 p.m still at the hotel elsa calls the guy that she had met at the ocean blue bar earlier that night mm. so the guy that she had kind of hit it off hit it off with he was already at motel nightclub and he was wondering if she was going to be able to make it there hmm. maybe she mentioned it to him at the evening you know having had yeah. dinner with those friends and then met him, call me later. He actually called her. Hmm. Maybe let's go out to the bar or to the uh, nightclub. But uh, she, you know, says no. 12.34 a.m., Elsa calls her hairdresser friend back a third time. Jeez. And the friend says that they're not going to be able to make it out, but let's meet up the next day. I'm just saying, if my friend called me three times, I think I would, uh, not yeah. to blame her friend, but... I'm learning from this story. Like, if my friend calls me three times, maybe, like, it's, like... On a date. On a, on a blind date. Like, get out there kind of thing. So, now we're at 1.02 a.m. And Elsa texts the girlfriend that they were going to meet up with at Motel Nightclub asking where they are. Because she was going to meet up with them at Motel Nightclub originally. Mm-hmm. She was the one who asked, oh, where is it? But then he took her to the hotel instead. So, um... I think that she was wanting that friend to come to the hotel, mm-hmm. but the friend uh, says that they're leaving the nightclub and then no other texts were exchanged. I looked it up. Uh, motel nightclub and the hotel that she was staying at were only five minutes away from each mm. other, which is really upsetting. So that evening about, sorry, the reason I gave you all those details is like, those, those are the things I could see myself doing, staying in touch with friends. Like you're on mm-hmm. a blind date, reaching yeah. out to friends, like come over, um, reaching out to the friend who set you up. Mm-hmm. following up with your friend who had told you to keep her updated how you're feeling mm-hmm. um so that evening about 30 guests were staying at the city park hotel 
Some guests uh, heard noises that they describe as a bumping or a deep thumping noise, a banging, and a loud noise like someone banging on the wall with a hammer or like large rocks falling between the hours of 12.30 and 2.30 a.m. Hmm. Some of them heard, said that they heard a woman groaning, while others said that they heard a man cussing. Some say it was only for a couple minutes. Others said it was up to an hour. Some mm-hmm. guessing, depending on how close they were to the room. Yeah. So around 2 a.m., the hotel fire alarm control panel signals that room 306 smoke detector is activated. The night manager goes up to the room, knocks on the door, but no response. He assumes maybe the people were smoking with the windows closed. Mm-hmm. So he goes back downstairs and he resets the alarm on the control panel. No. Maybe it's a common thing, you know, that Probably, they're used to. Yeah. Um, 20 minutes later, it happens again. He goes upstairs, knocks on the door, no response, goes back down, resets the control panel. I put maybe too lenient. Like yeah. At that point, maybe it's like, we have nothing, if nothing else, like for the people. Anyways, around 2.40 a.m., a man staying at, the hot- at a hotel across the street hears the sounds of screaming and looks outside to see David. He didn't know it was David, but mm-hmm. later, obviously, they found out it was David running to his car carrying a black bag and drives away with the car tires screeching. Mm. While fleeing, he hits two different pedestrians on oh. two different intersections due to driving on the wrong side of the road Jeez. and running red lights. Wow. 2.53 a.m., now the City Park Hotel's main fire alarm goes off. The night manager, who had the guy who had early dismi- to earlier dismissed the smoke detectors, who is now probably pooping bricks, mm-hmm. goes to the room for a third time and sees smoke coming out from oh, under the door. No. He opens the door, and there's so much smoke he can't tell if anyone's inside. Jeez. Runs, gets the fire extinguisher to try to put it out, but it isn't cutting it. So he immediately goes and evacuates all the hotel guests from the building does he call the fire i want to say that it goes off automatically because the fire brigade oh yes yes arrive four minutes after the alarm goes off and they put out the fire once the smoke clears they discover elsa's body lying on the bed partially face down with no signs of fire related injuries Mm. surrounding the scene once they looked around were gruesome signs of her murder. There was blood all over the walls and the furniture. The mirrors were smashed. There was a bloody towel rail and a bloody steam iron. Jeez. Laying on the ground. Iron. A steam iron. Yeah, steam. I think that just means like a regular... Just a... For ironing your clothes. They wrote steam iron. I'm going to write steam iron. <laughs> we're international here. Fire oh, yes, brigade. Yes, yes. Yeah, fire brigade versus fire department. Um, So looking around, they noted that there were other various items destroyed, like the AC unit was pulled away from the wall and hanging by cables. Hmm. And just overall complete disarray, The um, there were holes in the ceiling where the smoke detector was. And it looked like a tornado went through the room. Jeez. Like, I didn't write it all out, but it was like the lamps were broken. The headboard of the bed was like upside down. What? Like tables, like I'm talking disaster. Jeez. Um, the examination of the scene revealed that the fire was started by igniting the bedding, but there were no signs of an accelerant or accidental combustion, Hmm. you know, looking to see what could have started the fire. Yeah. But then they found a cigarette lighter on the floor, so like, aha, that's probably it. Yeah. Um, So now to Elsa. Elsa was so, this is what a quote from the Herald Sun, who's like a big um, 
newspaper reporting on this, she was so badly beaten that her mother didn't recognize her. Oh, my God. So I'm just going to I'm just going to describe it because later this will become like reason for why he is guilty. Anyways, let me just tell you. So she had an electrical cord. <laughs> Sorry. She had an electrical cord around her neck and severe injuries to her upper body. Postmortem examination revealed that over 60, 60 lacerations on her head and neck, Jeez. which they determined to be consistent with glass from the shattered mirrors. Ugh. She had broken bones in her face, skull, and ribs. Um, her spinal cord was severed. <gasps> and this is really upsetting too i mean all of it's upsetting but the in quotes due to a rotational force being applied oh no. the examiner noted a lack of injuries to her hands which they think is because maybe she was um incapacitated like unconscious or dead and continued to beat her so she was unable to defend herself mm-hmm. and the official cause of death um was being the combination of all the head and neck injuries and a significant blood loss so uh, that next day, because, I mean, she had been in contact with all her friends, mm-hmm. and the person who set her up knew who she, where she was and what was happening. And who. And who it was. So uh, the next day is now February 1st, 2010. The police go to David Patrick Clifford's house and arrest him. Uh, examining his house, they find a black bag that he was seen leaving with mm-hmm. in the bushes outside of his home. And inside the bag was a hotel and his shirt, which are both covered in blood, and some of Elsa's personal belongings. Hmm. Also in the bushes were Elsa's purse and a piece of the smoke detector from the room where he actually murdered her, Hmm. where he disabled the smoke detector. So it's just, obviously he was in some kind of not right place because thinking that you can just toss him in the bushes outside your house, like, oh, don't have to worry about this. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not how that works. Not saying that he should have hid them better, but <laughs> it's like that's, you know, thank if goodness. It's like very, vali- it. yeah, it's like really available because right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so upon, upon being taken in, David claimed that he was attacked by Elsa mm-hmm. and that he sustained various injuries. Okay. That he had been assaulted um, with an iron in the bathroom poles, which in the investigation, because they had found the bloody iron in the ba- uh, bloody towel rail. Mm-hmm. Um, the examiner had said that Elsa's body was consistent, like the injuries mm-hmm. were consistent with those things being used. So he's like, oh, no, I was assaulted with those specific things. So how does he know that? Mm-hmm. Not like he isn't already guilty, but it's yeah. just, he's digging himself deeper in this hole. And as you would guess, his medical exam showed that he had no injuries. And rather, he had a small scratch on the back of his neck and bruising in his knuckles and his legs. Hmm. That Yeah, just so... For someone to be claiming that they were yeah. attacked and that's all you have compared to him being, yeah, so you, you get it. So who is this guy? Yeah. So he's the oldest um, of four kids and his parents were separated when he was seven due to domestic violence. Um, he ha- he himself has a long history of drug and alcohol abuse, starting to drink when he was 12 years old, mm. which then escalated to binging twice a week, blacking out every Jeez, time. At 12? Yeah. At 13, he started smoking cannabis, and by 16, it was a daily thing. By 17, he was using amphetamines, ice, which is meth, mm-hmm. um, ecstasy, cocaine, and LSD. Jeez. And as we would guess in these kind of stories, he has a history of being violent and reckless while under the influence. 
Mm-hmm. He had gone to therapy several times, but because obviously he was struggling with drug abuse mm-hmm. and then also being violent. Um, but despite the therapy, he continued down this path. So he actually had been priorly con- priorly is that a word? Uh, he has sure. prior convictions that go back um, to 1998. Wow. When and this he was, was 2010. Yes. So, so this happened in 2010. So his his convictions actually go back to when he was 18. I'm just going to read you a list. Um, aggravate, so these are from 1998 till 2010. Uh, these include aggravated burglary. Burglar, wow, that's really hard to burglary. say. <laughs> Hamburglar. No. Aggravated burglary yeah. on the home of a 76-year-old woman. Mm. False imprisonment. Intentionally causing injury. Assault, resisting police, harassing a witness, and breaching an, interve- an intervention order, which were both by his ex-girlfriend. She, sorry, she made those claims for the last two things, the um, harassing a witness and basically violating like a, what do you call that? A restraining um, order. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Restraining order. Drug trafficking, dangerous driving, and possession of an unregistered firearm. Wow. Not a great record. No. Um, mind you, Elsa didn't know all of this. Prior to her date. Did the friends? I don't know. I'm going to guess no because I, yeah, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't. don't think anyone would set them up with a friend. And we don't know. It doesn't say how long. Or at least what I read didn't say how long like the friend knew no. him. Mm-hmm. So who's this? I mean, if you have a friend who's a nice guy. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, so at first when Elsa's murder went to trial, David was charged with murder, arson, and two counts of reckless conduct endangering lives which are those two people he hit while fleeing mm-hmm. and shortly after i think it was about three weeks it said she well he pled guilty to murder and all the other charges were dropped hmm. so since he was like okay we're gonna save the court and the you know yeah judicial system time and money we're gonna drop the other charges so on march 22nd 2012 at david's sentencing it was actually at the victorian supreme court the judge explained that her decision for a sentence for the sentencing is based on the fact that, and this is in quote, he was acting in a drug-induced psychosis, but it is no excuse. This part's not quoted, but back to quoting. You knew full well that you were prone to behaving aggressively and violently when drug affected. Mm-hmm. So although you were, you know, under the influence and maybe you don't remember conveniently, mm-hmm. It does not excuse that fact because you provided that those means for yeah. you then to murder her. Mm-hmm. The judge also noted that is on record that despite pleading guilty, like, yeah, okay, it was me, kind of like, a kind of, not like a martyr, but he was apparently remorseful, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't um, excuse it in any way or undermine the fact that his full intention was to kill Elsa, not to cause her serious injury meaning that this was not an accident, drugs are not an excuse, and you murdered her, period. Mm-hmm. Those weren't the judge's words at the end, but... I think you would say full stop. Yeah. In Australian. Ah, <laughs> full stop. So the judge sentenced David Patrick Clifford to 23 years in jail with 19 years until eligible for parole, mm. stating that, quote, this should give you... This should allow you an adequate opportunity to undertake drug counseling and learn to live drug-free. Because basically they're saying that all of these things happened because he was in a drug-induced psychosis. Yeah, but it's still and he his has choice. Yes. And he knows that he, because he had done other things. I'm not 
talking about them all right this second but he had already done like some of his other um convictions that I read were under the influence so I think at one point he had actually like you know beat up a drug uh, a drug <laughs> beat up a bar owner mm-hmm. while under the influence as well and it's like okay well that's no excuse because yeah. you know that you get violent this isn't the first time so there's more no it's good that he got put away for now at least um but the newspaper that I mentioned earlier called the Herald Sun wrote a, wrote a story about Vic, the Victoria's, so Melbourne is in Victoria, the state of Victoria, wrote about Victoria's state parole scandal a few months later, which revealed a secret police report. Oh, no. It stated that 11 Victorians had been murdered by parole violators in less than two and a half years, and that, quote, seven of the 11 murders may have been prevented if police who had previously dealt with the offenders over other matters had known that they were on parole. So, so of course, yeah, uh, they yeah. don't even know that they're on parole. Yep. So here we go. Oh so, God. of course, police are scrambling because this report is out to the public and they were quick to blame on a failure in the police computer system. But after review, of course, there was human error. We mm-hmm. can't always blame the computers. Mm they're Quote, smarter than us. <laughs> they're smarter than us, but also, yeah, you have to enter in. You, have yeah. to, you still have to do your job they to provide do the computer. They only do what you tell them to. Yes. For now. Until they become AI and Sunny takes over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Will Smith has to save the world. So in three of the seven cases, community corrections caseworkers, sorry, this is a quote. In three of the seven cases that I mentioned earlier, community corrections Community corrections caseworkers were advised that the parolees had been arrested over other matters, but failed to pass the information on to the parole board. Mm. Elsa's case was one of those three. Are you serious? Yes. So the corrections in the state of Calif- California, <laughs> corrections in the state of Victoria was notified that David Patrick Clifford was arrested three times while on parole. Wow. So this is a quote. I I quoted a lot of this because it was worded really well. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of reading the article. Um, So basically the rest of this is a quote. But when he murdered Miss Corp, so that's Elsa's last name. And they're going to call him Clifford. Mm -hmm. That's his last name. So when he murdered Miss Corp, he was on parole for drug trafficking. He had already breached parole and a suspended sentence following other earlier convictions and was awaiting a sentence over the bashing of a bar owner. The court family then sued this. How awful is that? That's so so knowing bad. this, and the court family didn't find out about this until after the trial was over, and until this article police report. Out. Yeah, the article. So they found Jeez. out like the rest of the public that their daughter, you know, basically got murdered by someone who maybe should have been in jail. Exactly. So it says um, the court family then sued the state of Victoria because. Good. Quote, it was the failure of authorities to keep Clifford off the streets. Miss mm-hmm. Corp's, Corp's parents, Andy and Gilly, said yesterday that, this was them being interviewed, that no one had taken responsibility for the daughter's death or said that they were sorry. Wow. This is the um, father, Mr. Corp, who actually used to be a UK policeman. It's absolutely gutted us because it was a very bad failure in the system. For the sake of a bit of training or procedures or supervision, the system fell over and failed us. Our daughter would probably be alive today if there hadn't had been these stuff ups. Elsa's um, 
So that was the dad kind of, mm-hmm. you know, sharing his feeling. Like the f- whole family was just absolutely distraught. And actually, um, they were interviewed and they made a statement in public on TV saying that they were not satisfied with the sentencing mm-hmm. and that anyone who does that should be put away for life. Yeah. And finding out this later is just, I mean, they weren't um, talking about this because they didn't know at that point when they were saying they weren't happy with the sentencing. But I mean, come on, that's just so awful insult insult to injury yeah it's just to think that this didn't not that every murder doesn't have to happen Mm -hmm. but to think that the government allowed it to happen yeah in a really awful way Mm -hmm. one good thing i suppose if there's anything good to take out of this is that her murder then became um, elsa's murder by david patrick clifford then led to it being used as a case study for and it's called the review of victoria's adult parole framework Hmm. so then it led to like why did this happen how did this slip through our hands how can we prevent this from happening again i mean obviously at our like i mentioned earlier she wasn't the only one there were like seven other cases Mm -hmm. or there's actually like 11 other cases and then i told you the stats i can't remember off the top of my head but Mm -hmm. that these things didn't have to happen and those are the only ones that they know about yeah that's awful so they are um i didn't talk about it in detail but they are revising the system and this is from 2010 mm-hmm. um actually he was sentenced in 2012 so then obviously it's been what seven years <laughs> mm-hmm. i can do math since then i'm sure that they're taking the measures that they need to to then modify how parolees get you know reported to the correct you know the corrections and that's in australia yeah. so that can't be the only country in the world that this happens to yeah mm-hmm kind of like your case that's when you started talking about how he had prior convictions Mm -hmm. and he he wasn't on parole but he got off was he on parole he was um he released without bail for the one strangulation case but not on parole Mm -mm. well not that i'm aware of yeah no sorry it just makes it's just like you'd think i don't know how parole works if you can go on parole without ever being in jail Mm -hmm. but yeah because i don't know if those because it listed a string of his crimes but i don't know if he was in jail for any of those or if they were like fines or yeah whatever yeah so it's just it's pretty awful to think that these are all things that you know repeat offenders they're they obviously Mm -hmm. have these problems um and in this case as like the dad said the system failed his daughter and it was that's why i said at the beginning like all these details are going to seem like a little mundane at first but she did everything that anyone anyone would do yeah reaching out to family and friends and um that kind of thing yeah. leading up to that night so wow but yeah just combination of the worst possible circumstances mm-hmm. oh, and just like a side note apparently he had been on a three-day bender mm-hmm. leading up to that which i don't know i don't know at what point in the trial that that came out because he had seen his friends yeah the day before so you'd think that if he was acting like all like itchy and creepy that Mm -hmm. they wouldn't be like oh date my friend yeah so he must have been used i mean he'd been doing this since he was like what 12 12. used to doing that and so the fact that they're blaming his the her murder on him being in a drug-induced psychosis and he doesn't remember anything i mean he was sleep deprived i know that your brain goes crazy when you're on drugs Mm -hmm. number one and number two when you're sleep deprived but he murdered her yeah that's not okay and the fact that it was only you know it is 22 i think it's 22 years but 19 years Till parole just still doesn't feel no justified nope that's not right 
especially for the family. If you take someone's life, then you deserve to have your life taken. And it wasn't, yeah. It Whether, was, I mean, not necessarily death penalty, but I don't want to go down that like, road. But I mean, you, mean yeah. you shouldn't have a possibility of having a life. Free will, considering. No. Yeah, and that's why the judge was saying that you need to go be drug free because basically all his crimes were because he was under the influence. I mean, if you've been under the influence for 16 years, like he was 28 and he's doing these things since he was like 12 Mm -hmm. and yeah he needs some serious help something i mean that's just like a regular blind date you Mm -hmm. know getting set up by friends and trying to meet up with people but she was trying to do a double date yeah which is what i would do if i was gonna go on a blind date you'd almost think that being set up by friends would be safer yeah than online yeah that's what i'm saying this is why it's so relatable it's just like it could be Mm -hmm. a normal night and i don't know Obviously, like, they they did mention, like, she was under the... Luckily, the newspapers didn't, like, um, emphasize the fact that like, she had it also... Like, her fault. Yeah, had also taken illegal drugs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that doesn't help. Um, but people take illegal drugs all the time. They don't go around murdering people. Yeah. And her murder wasn't just on by any means an accident. He Mm-mm. took many measures to kill her. Yeah. You mentioned some... Ooh. straight up stats straight up stats earlier yeah going back to dating websites mm-hmm. there are not a lot of stats available okay <laughs> <laughs> just off the bat yeah because people aren't tracking them uh in the u.s apparently the fbi collects data on quote romance fraud romance fraud and online sexploitation Ooh. But not anything about physical assaults linked to dating sites. Sorry, what's romance fraud? I would assume that's the thing that I was kind of mentioning earlier of, Uh. like, you know, connecting with someone online and getting them to like you. And then, oh, but I'm casually mention oh i'm in like financial trouble and then like i'll the person, take you out on a date if you pay me ten thousand dollars yeah and then the person's like oh but i really like you so i'll loan you some money mm-hmm. i think that's romance fraud i like the name of that by the way it's very <laughs> yeah it's kind of to the point point. <laughs> and uh, yeah but so apparently there's a national crime agency in the uk uh who is kind of trying to start start to track these um crimes related to app dating sites Mm -hmm. they say so it's still rare so even though you can find all these stories about you know bad stuff happening yeah there's just so many people on it that they are still considered rare to be attacked or any other sort of crime related to dating sites but this national crime agency is seeing the number of instances of it rising fast enough for them to categorize it as a new type of crime good well so is it because they just aren't reporting it before maybe well i think that there's not really so people might be reporting it Mm -hmm. but the police might not be asking how they met this person or there's no database for saying like okay this crime happened oh and she or he met the person through an online dating got site. it like a specific category yeah there's not really a category for it got it but they have um i get uh not like a new type of crime but they've now flagged a new type of sexual offender got it and that is usually a man 
and he is less likely to have committed any prior crimes, but exploits the ease of access to, like, a whole bunch of women hmm. through by what they called the armchair approach of, like, meeting uh, essentially victims. You mean just, like, sitting in your armchair, yeah. smoking a pipe? Mm-hmm. Talking and just scrolling through potential victims. So they kind of are trying to look at that or like they have their eye on it now. Okay. But it's hard to tell if these dating app related crimes are actually increasing mm-hmm. or if it's just that the number of people on sites are increasing. So obviously the, the more, but yeah, <laughs> but the more people you have on these sites just because of odds. You mean like the, like the, the, yeah. The odds of crimes happening when there's more people on it is also going to rise. Right. So that's what they're trying to say. Like, is there actually more crime happening uh, related to these sites or is it just because more people are using them? Right. So maybe the rate's the same, but mm-hmm. the scale is increasing. The one article I read tried to pull two different um, stats together to mm-hmm. kind of say that actually like online dating crimes are increasing. So in 2013, Pew Research Center in the U.S. found that between 2018 and 2013, uh, the proportion of American adults using dating services tripled. Hmm. And then in Britain, attacks related to online dating increased almost sixfold over roughly the same period. Weird. So those people are concluding that actually the instances of crimes related to dating websites is increasing yeah regardless of how many people are using it yeah so Hmm. and then also fun fact uh that one in one in ten sex offenders are online and i think i was reading different accounts but i think upwards of like 10 percent of accounts are fake dang so that's actually a lot well yeah when you say fake do you mean like fake people who are the offenders or just fake in general. Fake in general. Like catfishing. Catfishing or like trying to do like financial scams and stuff like Romance that. Romance fraud. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, but the sex offender thing is scary. And then that's going back to how no, like majority of these websites don't screen anyone. Uh, I see. Full circle. Yes. Freaky facts. Yeah. So. Ugh. Yeah. Dang. So knowing that to keep yourself safe. Don't um, go online ever again. <laughs> don't go online. Just kind of know that going into it. I know that a lot of people use online dating sites and, you know, there's a lot of happy stories, too, of people of course, yeah. finding love and getting married and all that stuff. So not to totally discourage everyone. No, no, no. We're, when we say something like, don't go online, like we're just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's just being like <laughs> negative. The easy way out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, even if you meet people in person, like yeah, so. people are scary regardless. Yep. It's just, I think, easier to have a longer fake relationship online yeah. to then make them trust you. And establish you. that relationship before yes. even meeting them. And then you're like, oh, well, I know them. So it's okay if I go to their house on the first, like, physical meeting in person. Yeah. And then you get to their house and you're yeah. like, maybe dating someone who lives in their mom's basement <laughs> and has an eye twitch yeah. and is really creepy smells like old cheese it's not a good idea i'm just imagining that's like what i'm picturing like the worst possible yeah there's a i kind of went through the reddit wormhole of Uh reading different um like first blind or like blind date horror stories and then also like online dating Mm -hmm. horror stories so that's really fun to read if you have time yeah um 
But in terms of staying safe, um, knowing that they don't screen for yeah. even sex offenders, yeah. um, there was people saying that, you know, and obviously this wouldn't be for every person you haven't con- like contact with on mm-hmm. these dating sites. But if there's someone you want to meet, it's not a bad idea to run a background check on them. How do you do um, that? <laughs> there's actually, I was reading an article um, that there's a woman in the UK who started a private like uh, investigation group specifically for dating sites. Hmm. I'd be, I mean, the opposite side of that too is like, hi, like, how are you? How's your, kind of like when people go into your Instagram and you accidentally <laughs> go like three years back and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, I remember that time you, or they bring up like that, sorry, they bring yeah. up like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, I went to Hawaii once with my cousin. Oh yeah, is that so-and-so? Yeah. Because you looked at their picture and so yeah. you're like familiar with their whole lives. Yeah, and that's what people, that's what they say is to look these people up on, just just Google them or find their other social media, make sure they're not like lying to you. Yeah. Um. Oh, but then... Uh, not to keep pooping on Match.com. So <laughs> apparently in 2011, they did begin screening U.S. members okay. um, against the sex offender registry. Okay. But that was only after a woman sued them, saying that she was raped by, um, I'm assuming, someone who was a sex offender. Right, right, registered. Yeah. And was online. Yeah. That's the thing too, right? Because, I mean, registered sex offender isn't like, you could be peeing in public yeah. and then get on that list. Mm-hmm. So I suppose if you did have the background investigation, maybe they, they could specify yeah. what happened. Yeah. So just doing your own research because no one else is going to do it for you. No. Um, base The basic one of not meeting this person, no matter how well you think you know them online, mm-hmm. don't meet them somewhere private. Yeah. Meet a public place. Um, like maybe double date. Yeah. Don't give out your personal info. Like, even if you're trying to get to know someone, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not giving out all that personal info. Yeah, like, here's my address. Yeah, this is where I work, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, a whole other conversation of privacy and, like, mm-hmm. what you c- can and can't not give out. But, yeah, I mean, once people get emotionally invested, I feel like it's really yeah. easy to trust someone. Mm-hmm. Maybe do, like, a FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> that way you see that maybe and then if they don't want to then that's probably they're either lying with their picture or they are some sort of creeper or something like that yeah because you can't really they just put up like a picture (laughs) of a really attractive guy and like mouth you know when they can like cut out the mouth (laughs) yeah it's like hello like how are you doing or something like that like putting like putting the lips through Mm -hmm. the creeper yeah that would be that would be awful if you see that. Yeah. That's a red flag. Report it. Report it That's another thing, too, is report well, anything. take a screenshot, because it's hilarious, yeah. and then report it. <laughs> report any person Sus- that makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, suspicious behavior. Go with your gut. Don't let them pick you up or drop you off at your home. Yeah. Maybe, like, a couple blocks away. Mm-hmm. Or just meet them there. Or meet them there. Yeah. At least that... See, that that, that girl, that's the thing. That's just yeah, being the- following your gut, being aware... Um, of course it's easier for us to say that sitting on a chair and a couch Mm -hmm. um trust no one but just yeah go with your gut I think people feel pressure to date Mm -hmm. seeing all their friends in relationships and stuff like just don't worry you have us now (laughs) (laughs) you don't need to date just listen listen to us have fun listen to your heart listen to you but anyways yeah that's kind of a rough one yeah that's pretty sad not all blind dates turn into this let's just say yeah that's where i wish i had a story 
of one ending that was happier love after happily ever after i mean i'm sure there's a lot online i mean there was a girl named cinderella (laughs) (laughs) but that wasn't a blind date was it or no he saw her shoe what was it again uh they like her shoe is great at the he had a foot fetish he was like i need to find the owner of this foot i mean of the shoe oh that was creepy (laughs) but uh oh that's what it was they danced she left okay so they knew each other a little bit yeah anyways yeah yeah. well thanks for (laughs) listening um i mean if you've had a good blind date story yeah ends in happiness please tell us that would be make everyone feel better Mm -hmm. but um also if you have tips or advice that maybe people we didn't talk about or yeah because i've never used online dating yeah i've done a little bit i think everyone dabbles and there's a lot of like mm, pictures that get sent around at least for ladies maybe guys too i don't know not all of it is not all of it yeah, is peaches and cream. Of, yeah. I, that sounded really bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that wasn't an innuendo. I was just trying to think of like happy thoughts and that's what came and then it, okay, I'm going to stop talking because now I'm just innuendoing myself. <laughs> innuendoing myself. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for living. <laughs> thanks for living is what I was thanks about to say. Thanks for living and listening. Thanks for listening. And, and uh, loving all the L words. Mm-hmm. And no matter what they tell you. You're not paranoid. You're not paranoid. See ya. Bye. You can go to our website at yourenotparanoid.com. That's your spelled correctly, but no apostrophe. <laughs> <laughs> We're also on Instagram, you're not paranoid, and on Twitter, YNP Podcast. One word? One word. Got it. So the YNP, as in You're Not Paranoid, podcast. Uh, Do we have any other things? I think that's it. Okay, well, that's it. Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. See ya.